Welcome to Incredible Conversations with me, your host, Isabel Wellman. Today we dive into the very last episode of Season 2, Women of the World, with a dear guest, Lex St. Cyr, from my very own hometown, someone that I grew up with and we just simply parted ways, coming back together full force to bring you everything from healing to grief to accepting your own humanness. We invite you today to grab a piece of paper, a pen or pencil, and a hot cup of tea or coffee, and let's unpack all of our human experiences together. However deeply we feel they affect us in a negative or positive light, let's look at them and let's accept, surrender, and greet them. Bring life to them so that we can bring life to other people who are also dealing with similar situations. Because in this life, we are never alone, never truly alone. And that is a beautiful gift. I'm very excited to have you guys here with us today. So without further ado, let's get started. But before we can dive into this conversation with Lex, I have a really cool announcement. This announcement means a lot to me. First of all, I have dealt my whole life with injuries, from overtraining to getting injured to not knowing how to scale it down and dive into the nitty gritty to finally being introduced to yoga and gaining clarity on what actual mobility flexibility, resistance and strength training and balance looks like, I get to announce that through my business, Conscious Alignment Method, I am hosting my very first six-week challenge to realignment. What is this going to be about? Well, basically everything I just spoke about. Anyone from all-star athletes to outdoor recreational folks to the at-home workouts to the gym workouts I invite you to dive back into your body to the basics anyone and everyone can benefit from tweaking those small minute muscles by getting strength in our ligaments in our tendons in the little ankles and the joints and the elbows and the knees all of it could use a little help i know many people see a couple movements i do and they're like oh my gosh my knees hurt looking at that we as a human species should not be limited in our movement because our bodies hurt If your body hurts, that is a clear sign that something isn't properly aligned. Something is not moving the way it is meant to move. There's a weak muscle or a muscle imbalance that needs to be corrected. So, if you think that you want to go back to your very beginning of humanness, reclaim your power, and become a full mobile human body, join me. I challenge you to step up, to gain control over your movements, over your life, and to become consciously aware of every detail 
of everything you try to put off when it comes to your body. Because guess what? We only have this one body. And if we don't treat this one body with the utmost respect, who is going to? I love you guys, and I cannot wait to hear what you think about this episode. I cannot wait to see who steps up and takes back control over their life. And if you already have a workout program you enjoy, hell yeah, I'm so stoked you're moving your body and you feel really good about it. So that leads me to invite you to book an astrology reading with me today. There is always something that we can heal inside of ourselves. Unless you're a totally enlightened being, there's always something to look at. Whether it's with love of your family, of your friendships, with a partner, or it's with a career. What's your life purpose? What were you here to do? Maybe you just need a confidence boost. Maybe you're making a huge transition. You're moving. Maybe you just got proposed to, so you're getting married. Maybe you have a little one on the way. Whatever it is, I want to be here to help show you what energy you have in your chart. Are you awake to it or are you asleep to it? Are you a fire person, water, earth, air? And do you act out of those? Do you properly use your gifts or do you not know about your gifts? Astrology is a great way to find clarity on where we can advance in our humanness. If any of this sounds like it's a good match for you, go to IncrediblePlaceconversations.com and book a reading through my calendar today or find me on Instagram at Isabel Wellman. And you can go to the link in my bio and all of the good things are there from my training with Conscious Alignment Method, with astrology, or with simple one-on-one calls where we can find out and see where we could work together to help you achieve your best life. Thank you guys so much. Now we get to dive into this conversation with Lex and I really hope you love this this talk. It it struck some chords for me and it hit home and I hope it hits home for you too. I love you. Right, everyone, we are going to start this podcast off with a little meditation. Just want to get us grounded in to the sweet spot. So I invite you all to close your eyes. We're going to relax the muscles in the face, allow the shoulders to roll away from the ears, any tension in the body, allow it to start trickling down all the way to the feet. Allow it to be like sticky peanut butter, a little bit of honey and you want it to get you stuck to the ground. We wanna feel ourselves here and now before we dive into this really incredible conversation. So everyone, wherever you're at, whatever you're feeling, whatever's on your mind, I, I welcome you to allow it to dissolve. Just like pouring hot water on something sweet, it's gonna dissolve out of your mind, out of the body, and give it up. As you inhale, fill your lungs up, expand them all the way. Pause at the top of your breath. When you're ready, exhale out of the nose, let go of anything that dissolved. Let it out, let it go. Any worries, any have to do's, anything that is just shaking you up. 
drop it for now. We want to be present. We want to be open-minded. And if you're here with your pen and pencil, with your piece of paper, we're about to dive into some really good self-loving talk. So let's gear up for that with another inhale all the way into the lungs. Pause at the top, witness all of the space within you and out of the mouth, exhale that breath. Awesome, we can open the eyes and I want to just throw this conversation straight at Alexis. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing so well today and I'm so happy to be here. I've been listening to your podcast ever since you started, so I'm just so happy that I'm here finally. Like, I just feel like it's been a long time coming. We've had such good conversation before and I'm just like glad to be like with another audience. Yes, I love that. I have been thinking the same thing and gosh, how I've been reflecting on how beautiful this little unfolding is because we grew up in the same town. And for anyone who doesn't know, we're both from Escanaba. That's where we had, we came together and growing up, we were, we hung out a little bit in like the middle school age and whatnot. And it's those relationships that like, you don't have a falling out and you don't necessarily like nothing really big happens where like the friendship doesn't end, but you just kind of go your separate ways. And uh, like, I just remember always like practicing for softball together and some basketball here and there. And then, yeah, I, you went to Gladstone, a different school, mm-hmm. kind of across a lake, if anyone doesn't know Michigan. And um, yeah, now we're just back. We've both gone through life a little bit. We're in our young 20s. We're in the same realm of wanting to heal that inner wounded self with whatever grief and loss and hardship that has come our way thus far and instead of just lurking in that and being heavy with it of course that's where we all started but now having come a little bit out of that and breaking out and seeing that light and going okay there's a different way to do this with more love more acceptance and that's where excuse my dog (laughs) and that is just where I want this conversation to go (laughs) (laughs) yesterday this is hilarious I talked about how we react and respond in certain ways to the occurrences in our lives and my dog is being a circumstance that I get to separate myself from so I get to practice here and now but I would love to bring this conversation to you and just kick it off with what what has your life been up to and where have you been and a little bit about your journey so far and fill us in on what your life has been since we uh, left Escanaba, graduated in 15 and have gone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like you're totally right on like how everything came together again. And we had so many good, like fun memories. I mean, we went to elementary school together, middle school together, and then you know, life went separate ways and we both went through like tough things. And now we can come back together and discuss them and just be kind of support systems for each other and knowing that we're doing all the right things to better our life. So I just want to touch on that. That's really great. But um, yeah, I think that after, after high school, I went to Wisconsin and I went and played basketball for a season at Whitewater, Wisconsin. So it's about like an hour outside of the Milwaukee area. And I went through the 
toughest time. I think the first year of adulthood is the hardest for just about everybody. You're trying to get your feet wet. You're experiencing a lot of failure and you still don't understand the success that comes with failure. So you think that, oh, I'm falling flat on my face and this is, this is the end. Like there's nothing after this. And when I was playing basketball, um, I found out that I have severe asthma and I was having a lot of health issues throughout the weightlifting and the tough schedule that comes with being a student athlete. And my choice was made up for me by doctors that I was unable to play anymore. And I mean, you know, growing up with me, basketball was like my identity. It was, it was everything to me, you know, problems at home. I just threw myself into basketball and it got me through a lot of the addiction that was surrounding my life. So when that came crumbling down and it was something that was out of my control, I didn't respond in the best possible way. I didn't have the tools yet to respond well. So then I moved back home. Um, There were some health concerns with my dad at the time. And then in December of 2016, I lost my oldest brother, Mitchell, to a drug overdose. And all of that happened within the matter of about 10 months. And I, life just got me down to the point where I felt like I, could, I couldn't even get out of bed in the morning. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. It was like I was just a walking zombie. And that was just such a dark place that I very often, even now, four years removed from it, I still go back to and sit in those feelings that I had so I can become comfortable with them and know that they are very natural And that they're very okay, given my circumstances. But to also think of all the growth that's come from it in four years. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's really like the story of what all happened uh, after, after my brother passed. I think going through life was difficult. I didn't... I didn't drink or go to any sort of parties or anything in high school at all, um, given the addiction that I was dealing with at the time. So it was a different realm. And when I hit this point of emotions that I started backlogging, it was like, okay, I can throw myself into alcohol or just socializing. And when you're in your hometown surrounded by people who are doing the same thing, you're like, okay, I can have some normalcy to my life. Um, So I started doing that and really... The relationship that brought me out of that was the one with my ex-boyfriend, my now ex-boyfriend, so boyfriend at the time. And that was something that I would never say was wrong or that it shouldn't have happened or anything because it was such a beautiful connection. And I really don't believe that I would be on the journey that I'm on now and be doing so well if it wasn't for him and the relationship we had. But there were so many lessons to go through that you can't put all of this on another human being. All of this expectation, um, kind of throw everything you're dealing with unconsciously at the time onto somebody else and expect them to just take care of it or to fix it or to make things better for you because you don't want to deal with it at the time. And he was amazing throughout the whole process. Um, And as we grew up and he was with me for almost three years um, into my really healing journey, uh, that relationship ended up coming to an end. 
And when that relationship came to an end, that was when my healing journey really, really started. So yeah, I guess that's kind of like backstory going into like my healing journey. Thank you for sharing all of that. First of all, Mm -hmm. that is very brave and courageous to share all of that hardship because man, growing up one in a small town where you can battle not wanting other people to see your true, the, the dirtiness of life. Like we have this muddy mirror and it takes so much to just begin to wipe it off because if we wipe it off, people are going to see like, oh, your life isn't perfect. Like You're not actually this full human I thought you were. And then judgments and attachments and criticizations can overwhelm us. Mm-hmm. So to overcome just that leap that's immense so gosh thank you for sharing yeah yeah it's you're so right it's it's something that I think often even even today I mean something that I need to work on is realizing how far I've come and I'm always somebody who I don't know if it was just the athlete in me that's like you could always be doing better you can there's always another hurdle that you can jump through but reflection is so important when it comes to a journey to see that you know you've broken through all of that that built your world I mean the small town you know cage or fence it may be it really shapes who you are and your mindset towards other people and when you finally break through that and you jump on the other side of the fence, you can see how much beauty there really is on the outside of it and how we're all dealing with our own things and how amazing it is to be vulnerable in order to educate other people, in order to make others feel like they're not alone. I mean, vulnerability is like my brand for a reason. And it's just because there's so much beauty in it. And to see the love that comes from it is amazing. And that's something that I think we didn't even have a concept of growing up where we did. I agree with that so wholeheartedly. Uh, That was one of my bigger struggles was, of course, I grew up in a loving home. Of course, family wasn't just all terrible, but I had such an expectation of what love needed to be. Mm -hmm. And an expectation around what family should look like, what friendship should look like. And I think that I was so naive and so consumed with wanting that perfection, that inner athlete, that inner warrior in us, when we are that young child, it just wants the more and the more and the more, and it wants to succeed and it wants to make others proud and happy. But it often comes with that neglect of the self because you'll sacrifice anything and everything just to show that you're worthy, just to prove that you can do it, that you can run that, what is even called suicides down the basketball court and whatnot. Like you will do whatever it takes just to prove your, your strength and what you can bring to the table so that others will respect you, that you can get that love or that you feel like you have to fight for that love. And man, growing up with that, that has been one of my biggest deconstructions to date, I I think. For sure. It's so like comforting to know that, you know, you can grow up and realize like we were going through the same thing in, yeah. in that 
capacity because you know you're right I I remember like your your parents and your sister like so loving and just so caring people and my family was the exact same way I mean we all deal with things but it was like okay but we can't deal with it in the public eye we can't you know we're going to deal with it within our home and I thought that was the way it always needed to be done Mm -hmm. um and I've definitely worked through the uncomfortability of working through deconstructing something so much a part of your identity as a child is oh my gosh like heavy it's it's heavy it's a lot and I used to think when I was starting my healing journey because when I broke up with my boyfriend I moved in on my own uh, just me and my dog and it was just about a month before COVID happened and it was definitely like a spiritual thing of this is exactly what you need to be doing. You need to be not working as much. You need to sit with yourself and you need to get to know like who is Lex? Who is she now? Who was she then? Because there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain there and we really need to dive into this. And I would just keep, I really think that if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am because I mean, work shut down. And I would just sit in this bedroom that I'm sitting in right now. And I really worked through it by speaking out loud. I think that it's incredible because I think a lot of, a lot of things that I've always heard is, you know, write it down, like journal it. And as an autism therapist, I fully grasp that concept of having your thoughts slow down and put it down on paper. But I think the first step for me, like I couldn't get there yet. I wasn't even there yet to be able to write it down. That seemed like a very daunting thing. So I had my microphone and I just spoke it in my computer and would listen back to it and really hear in my voice how much pain I was really in and how much help I really needed. And to come to that realization when you are just such a warrior of a person that you really need to go outside yourself to get help was difficult. Just one of the hardest things that I ever had to come to terms with. And I really try to portray that to other people when I'm talking to them, that this is something that's not easy. Something that is will forever be like the hardest thing that you'll have to do is get to know your true self because you need to dive into the really bad parts of you. And understand that you're not perfect. We're human beings. But you it's really easy to love the good parts, but it's really hard to love the bad parts. And to accept them is to not change them fully. You know, you don't need to always be working so hard to be perfect, but you can accept the flaws and understand that it's part of the beauty that makes you now. That was beautifully said. When what comes up to mind is how we have to sit with that. The first thing, one of the first things you said was sitting with our own grief, our own mm-hmm. death, our own baggage. Oh, I really have to deal with this. I can't just shove in the closet. This is so lame. And a teacher that um, I have a quote that I'd like to read. It talks about how we create our own living hell. And when we prevent ourselves, when we resist those hard feelings, 
and we don't look at them and we busy ourselves with the work, with the schooling, it really can overwhelm us and it can hide and it can mask everything we need to do. So what a blessing this COVID has been in disguise. What a opportunity to dive into that self-growth to exactly what you said, sit in that room and go, well, what are my tendencies when I get uncomfortable with myself? What happens when it's just me, my thoughts, and I, and the dog? The dog can't really talk to me. I can talk to the dog, but the dog can't really say anything back. So how am I going to overcome this? And the story in this book by, it's called Awakening Loving Kindness, excuse me, by Pema Cauldron. And it goes like this. A big burly samurai comes to the wise man and says, tell me the nature of heaven and hell. And the Roshi looks at him in the face and says, why should I tell a scruffy, disgusting, miserable slob like you? The samurai starts to get purple in the face. His hair starts to stand up, but the Roshi won't stop. He keeps saying, a miserable worm like you, do you think I should tell you anything? Consumed by rage, the samurai draws his sword and he's just about to cut off the head of the Roshi. Then the Roshi says, that's hell. The samurai, who is in fact a sensitive person, instantly gets it, that he just created his own hell. He was deep in hell. It was black and hot, filled with hatred, self-protection, anger, resentment, so much that he was going to kill this man. Tears filled his eyes, and he started to cry, and he puts his palms together, and the Roshi says, that's heaven. There isn't any hell or heaven except for how we relate to our world. Hell is just resistance to life. When you want to say no to the situation you're in, it's fine to say no. But when you build up a big case to the point where you're so convinced that you would draw your sword and cut off someone's head, that kind of resistance to life is hell. And... Wow. That passage, it's, it speaks heavy to the heart of mine in the sense of uh, my little backstory. Um, and didn't, you know, necessarily have, have anything wrong with my external world at the time. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship with a really amazing guy, um, my last partner, who was such a huge teacher. But as we were talking about earlier, my expectations and the responsibility or the lack of my own responsibility that I had thrown onto him was, I mean, it was just, it's sad for me to think that I did that here and now, but I understand that I didn't know any other way to act or to be or to feel or to operate from because that's all I saw growing up. I would just see my my parents and how they operated and them throwing each other's baggage onto one another. And then with my siblings as well, I, I never understood how to truly love and to be accountable for my own issues. Of course, I was hyper independent, but that was just to cover up the self-protection from truly receiving love. And so when I was, yeah, in my 21st year, uh, gearing up towards my 21st birthday, uh, only it happened on August 11th. So three days before my birthday, I underwent my abortion and I felt incredibly alone. I felt like I 
had thrown my own choice into another's hands, which at the time I, I didn't know how to think of or feel or to believe in what was happening. I couldn't phantom the idea of having a child. I was dirt broke. My partner was paying for our rent and everything going on. We, we went from this very open and communicative, communicative, excuse me, uh, kind of relationship. And then we went on this amazing camping excursion over a month and we lived that nomad life and it was beautiful. But then we landed in California and we didn't have those expectations met where the job was going to be perfect. The house was going to be perfect. Rent would be fine. The groceries would be made like all the bills, this and that, and all this, the shit that collects. And then on top of it to get pregnant at 21, when I have $200 in my account and I go to the clinic where I'm supposed to get this procedure done and it costs $400 and I can't get money transferred from my partner to my bank account. And I'm, I'm bawling because I'm, I have not told anyone about this situation because we can't tell anyone because this has to be our secret. This is too dirty to talk about. This is, this isn't worthy. This isn't valuable. This is pathetic. And so having grown up where I didn't exactly understand the image of my family or of my last name based off of different family members and such, and wanting to have so much love for that, but then struggling and battling the conflict of not feeling worthy, not feeling like then our name was of, uh, of highness, I guess you could say. And then seeing myself in this moment where I could produce another child with my same name and go, well, whoa, I'm not in the right place for this. I, I can't possibly support myself. I can't support another. And then not being able to share about it, to tell my family about it. It, it seriously just created my living hell because I then went numb and I started to operate not from myself. And I was so disconnected from what I wanted out of life, what I was trying to strive for. And I only cared about what my partner needed. And of course, like we moved back to Colorado. We, we still traveled. We would visit places. We went overseas and we kept trying to build this life off of this secret. And every day that passed, it felt like living hell because I wasn't content with my internal self. I wasn't at home. I wasn't at peace. I was never again in my power for another year and a half of undergoing change and wanting to move away and then not having the right agreements. And then coming to the summer of 2019 for the first time, having a job where we did not work together because my whole relationship, we were in ski school together. We uh, worked for the same landscaping company and so forth and so on. But then when I could work at this coffee shop and he worked at this other job, it gave me the space to go, whoa, this is Isabel. I, I can be this person. Like, this is who I am. And my, my feeling of, gosh, like that heaven started to emerge. And I started to understand my yogic 
practice again because I never had anyone to talk to about it until I met another yoga teacher in the coffee shop I worked at. And so every little event that led up to that allowed me to open up and ask questions and to go deeper and deeper into my mind, into my soul, and to go, holy shit, I'm not the only one who's ever had an abortion. I can talk to someone else about this. I can connect with another female, which is a whole nother story on its own. But to have overcome just all these steps and it was like hurtling and snowballing into my freedom of allowing it for myself and that I was the only one who was creating this barrier, this cage from growth to maintain a relationship, to maintain a, a expected happiness when that was never the case. And how beautiful it is to witness our vulnerability in those moments and to realize, hey, I do need a little bit of therapy or I can talk to another woman about being a woman and our periods and what kind of birth control you have and it not being so weird. <laughs> right. No, that's so, I mean, it's insane the parallels that like we have in our stories and where like it come like where we're at now. I just think like life is so beautiful and like human connection is so beautiful that it's like that because even like in this moment, it's so amazing to witness somebody else be vulnerable the way that like I am about a taboo situation. I mean, it's, oh my gosh, it's just, it's great to like hear you talk with so much conviction and vulnerability about something that you went through and how, you know, even though it sucked then, like you can find that it was a kickstart to you finding who you really are. And I definitely relate on the topic of things being so taboo. I mean, when my brother passed, it wasn't in his obituary or anything of what he passed from. Um, he struggled with addiction for 10 years before his passing. And addiction has such a stigma attached to it, just as abortion does. And it's like, but so many people are struggling with this disease, just as people are struggling with what happened with having to, in all so many different situations of having to get an abortion. I mean, everyone's situation is different, but there's this underlying similarity. And that's what I found in addiction as well. And to come out and speak on it, truthfully, the the one thing that helped me the most is when I moved to Milwaukee, I started going to um, a support group. And when I went to a support group, it's called grief recovery after substance passing. So you're walking into a room full of people who have lost a loved one to overdose specifically. And it's like alarming how many people are in the room. I think because we grow up with the internet, we see all these big numbers and we don't actually understand the weight to that. Like if you were to actually see the number of people that are listening to this conversation right now and put them all in one room, it's like, whoa, like I'm touching so many lives. And when you see how much, how many lives are actually touched by addiction, it's so disheartening. And for my situation, particularly, it takes so much to go to any sort of support, whether that be a therapist or a group or anything like that. And I walked into a room full of parents 
as the only sibling. There wasn't even another spouse in there or anything. It was all parents. And to hear these loving, caring parents talk about their their loved ones who struggled with addiction and discuss who they were outside of that that they had to deal with, it was eye-opening. It made me feel like I wasn't alone, just like the conversations that I'm sure you had with that, you know, woman. It's like, wow, I can actually talk to somebody about this and know that my grief is extremely valid. Like I set so many boundaries with my brother in so many ways that needed to be set. And that's the hard thing about addiction is that it affects so many people around them with, um, it puts a lot of weight on everybody thinking that you can fix them or you can help the situation if you just give them money or this or that or a place to sleep. And I had to put down boundaries as a teenage girl, not even fully grasping the situation. And I struggled in my grief with a lot of guilt. Um, My guilt complex came full circle in my healing journey of how much I actually felt guilty for. I felt guilty for being successful in something. I felt as though I needed to be perfect because I didn't want to burden my parents one more time or anything like that. And to sit around like-minded people and to see these parents be like, I have other children now that one of my child has passed and how do I connect with them? How do I talk with them? They won't talk to me about their grief. And I know that, you know, it's so hard for them to, and I still go every other week and I connect with these parents and the few siblings that have now come and to see that connection between like a mother and a daughter over, you know, hey, I felt as though I wasn't important because my brother's addiction really overshadowed a lot of my childhood. And this is how I feel about it. And using like these strong emotional words to describe their grief and their pain. It's like amazing to witness and to have those tough conversations. It's made me realize how taboo this topic doesn't need to be and how every single person has been affected by it. I mean, you can walk down the street and like know somebody who's been affected by addiction in one way or another, unfortunately, especially in our generation. And I feel as though it's the same, it's the same thing with abortion, which is unfortunate as well. And there's so much judgment and like shame behind it that it doesn't need to be because you aren't the choices that you make. You aren't the things that you struggle with. You're not the bad emotions. That's not who you are. It's what you're feeling. And when I came full circle and realized my brother was not his disease, that he was a whole soul outside of the pain that he dealt with in this physical life, and I started connecting with him on a spiritual level, it opened up my mind to a whole spiritual world of I my connection. And this is like a very profound statement, but my connection with my brother since his passing is so much stronger than what it was when he was still here struggling with human things. And I would never want to go through losing him ever again and everything that's come with it. But there's always a silver lining. And 
I think having these conversations about grief and discussing something that you're not supposed to talk about, you know, society's like, well, you get three days off of work and then you got to be back on Monday after the funeral. And you're like, yeah, I'm just supposed to like move on from this. When in reality, you really just, you move forward. It's always going to be a part of you. Those moments and those feelings, they will always be there with you, but you do have a decision to make. Are you going to let it be you're living hell or are you going to move forward and have it be like heaven on earth essentially and help those people around you and make these connections that like that's all that God could ever ask for us is to just connect with one another and I just think it's just powerful like it's powerful to hear you speak on it because I've never really truthfully connected with somebody that just gets it like that it is such a strong exactly what you said a strong spiritual launch when we mm-hmm. allow ourselves the opportunity to witness exactly what you said we are not those circumstances of whatever that taboo situation is like we are not those feelings, we are not the outcomes, we are not the result, but it does happen to us. So how do we differentiate our power and our love when we, when we have to sit with it? And nothing will allow you that freedom more than accepting it and surrendering and going, you know what, this is my life. But if I'm going to come from a space where I don't hold personal judgment or external judgment. If I can, if I truly love myself, then I love everyone equally because they are a part of me. I'm a part of them. We're all one in this universe. And to connect on that level where I can speak about an abortion, a loss, something where you are essentially in one world killing a life or in another world you are taking on life or you're creating your life through this decision. There's the grief and what will come when a real pregnancy does occur. And then the guilt of, oh, you shouldn't feel like you have any grief because you chose to let go of this life. You chose to let it pass. But in a world where we don't hold each other accountable for judgment or we don't hold expectations of perfection and we can see eye to eye that your struggle is equal to my struggle your discomfort is equal to my discomfort then we get to open our eyes and go wow okay like that's something that happened how do you feel about it now and how you feel about it now is going to be the catalyst for the creation of what you make of it so a great great example of this is like you had this grief in your life with this loss of your brother with this addiction which is such I don't think anyone I know doesn't know someone who has this in some way shape or form whether that's with drugs whether that's with sex whether that's with like stealing money or being like a, a criminal or anything like that alcohol we all have it to some degree and when we can just go, you know what, like anyone who is judgmental in the first place doesn't deserve your time or space because they're not in the same plane. They're not in the same lane. 
and they're not going to understand because they have not allowed themselves to accept, surrender, and radically love from that situation. But you took this opportunity of what life presented, which was the loss of a sibling, and you created this foundation to help other people, to guide other people, to open yourself up as a source of love for anyone who is struggling, who is on their knees, who is hand, head in their hands and trying to find a, a solution, like trying to react and respond versus create a new reality and create a reality that you can live with and not hide from, not shy away from, but fully immerse yourself with. And another book quote, I'm all about the book quotes today. But yeah, I love it. This is uh, The Path of Least Resistance by Robert Fritz. And it's a book that's all about creating and understanding that you are your life force, like you create it. But we live in a world where we grew up in this response reactive lifestyle problem solving where you have alternate solutions that aren't exactly the best and so you pay certain attention to each one of them and then it kind of gets fixed so you pull your attention away and then the problem just comes up again and that's everyone who doesn't accept and surrender to life that's happening around them and with them and to them for them and so when you can witness that it's happening for you, you have the opportunity to go, well, I could stay lost and dark and heavy about this, or I could come to the surface. I could admit and accept my human experience and I can love it. And I can invite whoever else has a similar experience and show them how to love it too. Well, then you've just created one, an experience for yourself that is never going to be less than like it it will just always fill your cup up because you're not doing a disservice to yourself in the first place and so you're not doing a disservice to anyone else in the second place or to the world around you you're only going to continue to create magic every connection every opportunity and so the structure and the creative process in this little book the one little paragraph I want to read is, we have been trained to think of situations that are inadequate for our aspirations as problems. When we think of them as problems, we try to solve them. When you are solving a problem, you are taking action to have something go away. The problem, when you are creating, you are taking action to have something come into being. So the creation of, it's like when you compose music, you feel a melody in your head and then you sing it out loud. Like you just created that melody. No one else created that. Or you could problem solve and try to go, well, how could I take this other melody and make it my own? But in the sense of creating, a, creating as a result of being, that's where we can truly come forward and say, I welcome myself home. I'm gonna sit with my feelings. I'm gonna witness how I can move forward as a warrior because a warrior doesn't just allow their truth to be, what's the word, dismembered to 
agree with someone else. It, it's not to make someone else comfortable. It's to move forward with integrity, with radical acceptance that we are here for this reason, to pave a path, to guide others to an easier way that is not resistant to ourselves and to the love of what's around us. That is so beautiful. <laughs> I, I love that book, by the way. It's like one of my favorites. I, I love that book. And I love like that you have book quotes because reading is one of like my favorite forms of like meditation. It's just, it's, it's great to sit with yourself and somebody else's words so but that was just wow that's powerful and it's so well to the to the situation and to like our lives and I think you're so right in saying you know you move forward with integrity and that's that was the piece that I think was so hard with me moving forward in my grief is people expect you to just move on you know, um, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll say it. Um, today is actually, um, it's it would have been my brother's thirty something, thirty first, I think, thirty first birthday. Um, so it's one of those days in grief where you don't know what it's going to bring. You're like, am I going to have one of my down days where I have to deal with those emotions that I don't really like to deal with and it takes a lot more energy to get through or is it going to be a day where I just feel this abundance of love and it being my technically my fifth time going through a birthday without him um, I, I kind of know what to expect and I know how to handle those emotions because I've been able to sit with them and like I said in the beginning of this call I'm feeling so good today I'm feeling so wrapped up in him and the best parts of his soul and I'm able to really sit well with the fact that I'm moving forward with him in his integrity and in mine and to help other people who have also gone through the same thing in any similar thing I mean we can grieve more than just a person and grief has so many different ways of it all and I was grieving for the living before my brother ever even passed um I have three older brothers and two of them struggle with addiction um one of them just celebrated I believe nine years sober this year which is amazing um my father's been over 20 years sober so it's one of those things with when people are are here and struggling like I was still grieving for them and to accept that component of grief's always been a part of my life. And it's been a part of all of our lives, whether we realize it or not. It's, it's an emotion that we don't want to surface, but it's there. And we could be grieving a circumstance or some sort of situation. Or, I mean, I grieved my relationship with basketball. I mean, there's so many different things and everyone can relate to it and I just want anyone to know that people can be a little bit naive to it and they can say some things that can throw you off, you know, especially on a day like today that has a lot of anticipation going towards it of an anniversary. You know, people can, someone can say the wrong thing and I have to figure out how to react to that. And it just takes a lot of practice and you just need to be patient with yourself 
And when you allow yourself the patience in moving forward, other people will give that to you as well. So yeah, I think that if there's like anything that I can get across to anyone who's out there grieving, it would just be the fact that you are quite literally not alone. Um, it's not just me and Isabel who have gone through things. I mean, it's it's everybody. And be kind to one another when you're walking in the grocery store or whatever it is. You have no idea what somebody's going through that day. And you can spark a change in them with your words. That's what I love about podcasting is that your words are just, they're so meaningful and you don't, there's no other aspect to it. People can just imagine it all. They can't even see your face. And I think that's beautiful because, you know, 80% of all communication is nonverbal. So it's like a challenge, but it's also something where you leave enough to the imagination where people can really apply it to their situation. And when you're kind to somebody, no matter what it is, you could spark that change for their moving forward journey, for their healing journey, whatever you want to call it. It's, you have so much power in your hands and it's, it's beautiful. Like it's not pressure wise or anything. It's, we all have it as human beings and we can all just do our part to just be nice, (laughs) (laughs) to just be be kind human beings. But it all starts with us. I mean, I, just posted on Instagram today and I was talking about, you know, just different, like different steps that I've taken. And in the past couple of weeks, I really wanted to um, help change my environment. You know, I've spent an entire year alone. And when I, I didn't just break up with my boyfriend, I broke up with my friends. I broke up with like everything that came along with that. And I started building new friendships. I started just becoming a whole new person. And that takes a lot. I mean, you're starting a whole new life after you start, you know, there's my dog. (laughs) Um, After you start like this journey and I've taken the leap to, I started, I like joined like a mentoring group. It was like, it's more so like a lifestyle, like mindset group and to connect with 80 other people who have the same ambitions as you and have the same like just go-getter mentality of we all you only live once and like step outside of your box and to get that sense of just support of other people our age doing it it's really easy to look at a parent and say like okay well you've lived more years than me and things like that but to see other people do it I mean you're you really become what your environment is and to build an environment that is you and that you can thrive in. I think with, with grief, we just try to survive another day. You have those feelings where you're like, okay, well, you know, I got, I got up and got dressed today. Like I took a shower today and like, that is an amazing accomplishment, but you're still just surviving it. I want to get people to that place of thriving and there's so many other people out there when you create an environment where you can thrive in it but you, it's just crucial that you reach out to people to help. And I know that was hard for me. I mean, we talked about in the beginning, you, you're just this independent person and you learn to become that in the environments that we grew up in. And you don't want to ask for help. You look at it as a weakness or that 
being vulnerable with other people is a weakness, but truthfully, like it's the most courageous thing you can do. And other people are so willing to help, so willing to help when you strip that judgment from it all. So yeah, I guess that that was my thought. (laughs) Way to redefine how we can make the most out of every opportunity, out of every moment of this life. Mm -hmm when I have a question when you so this has to deal with the death of an ego so what I hear in the reconstruction of of the identity of you going through the process of like rebuilding yourself up and I love that I love that now more than ever because that is what a lot of people are the the topic is around death and that's physically in the world because of COVID-19 and whatever else is happening with our health issues, but it's also with the self and it's with your old thoughts and your old limitations and your old beliefs. And so I want to ask, how has it been for you to unpack your identity and where exactly have you felt that you have gained responsibility, like ownership of your responsibility in comparison of letting go of that old identity, of that old stigma that you maybe felt like you had to uphold? Like, what has that been like? Um, Difficult. (laughs) It's been very difficult. Um, But where I started um, was with awareness. Um, I've like really dove into just understanding. Um, So it took like personality tests I dove into astrology I tried like everything to just get as much knowledge of who I am where I come from all of that I mean all of it and it's insane the amount of parallels there are and it's a little scary at first you're like ooh, like you know some people are like oh that doesn't that's not a thing and then you reach into it yourself and you're like that's a thing like (laughs) that's very real and there that really helped me with understanding like the parts of my ego and getting to a place of okay I you know what I can be aggressive I I get why now like I okay I I get it um and I've just recently I know you're really into astrology and everything so I just recently have dove into that part of things um so I started more so like personality who I am like on the outside and who I come off to other people and strip started like stripping that. And then I started diving into like who I am and understanding that I'm an Aries moon has been probably like one of the most like transforming parts of understanding, becoming aware of my emotions and like my feelings and how valid they really are. You know, it isn't the the stigma that comes with all of it of you're just aggressive and you come off very assertive and blunt and all of that. But no, I'm actually extremely sensitive and it's, it's a front. And when I became aware of that and I can sit with myself and I can talk with myself and meditate with myself and be like, you know, it's all okay. Like I love every single aspect of it. Then I can start embracing it and I can be like, okay, I'm aware of it. Now let's embrace it. And it's, 
that's, I think, the core of self-love and being able to embrace the parts and seeing beauty in all of it, that I can be all of these negative things if I tell myself that, but I can also be the positives if I tell myself that too. And like, what am I filling myself talk with? And when I stripped, stripped all of it, like looked at it, like it was a like Excel spreadsheet in a school. And I'm like, okay, so I am an INFJ. I'm an Enneagram 8. I'm a Gemini. Like I'm like looking through all of it and I'm like, okay, let me just, and I have like literally a document of all of it and writing it down. And it's, it takes so much work. It's like a whole class that you have to do in order to find yourself, know yourself, love yourself. I think so much, there's so much out there about self-love and, oh, well, you just need to love yourself. Like that's really easy to say and hard to do, but understanding ego, reading books on it and figuring all of that out. I mean, it's really knowledge. And if you really care about yourself and who you are, you will put the time in to becoming aware and then taking the time to sit with it and embrace it and find how much there is to love about you. I mean, every single person, even the people, I mean, I've gotten to a point in my healing journey where I have started looking at the people in my life that maybe I had like wrongdoings with where I was in the wrong 95% of the time. And I look at it and I look at situations and I'm like, okay, here's, here's a circumstance here's how I reacted. Here's how I perceived their reaction. All right, let's put what I know of myself into that situation now. I can understand why my reaction was the way it was and maybe what I could do next time I'm in that situation. And it's really just taking the time to walk through things, to understand maybe past situations such as conversations with my brothers or my parents, um, my ex-boyfriend, ex-friends, things like that that can help better you and better equipped you, I should say, for the situations that will arise again. And it's not an easy journey. I mean, I can sit here and say that of like, well, I just did all of this. No, it's really hard and it's really difficult. And truthfully, I think it's something that you really can't get through without support. Of course, support looks different for everybody. Um, in my case, I had a specific support for group or for grief because that was something that I really, really, really struggled with. Um, I had support in family for better understanding those types of situations and seeing all perspectives. I had a support even in my dog. I mean, he's, he's almost 15 years old. He'll be 15 next year or next month. And um, to have like that sense of loving outside of all of the knowledge. I mean, they just love us unconditionally. And to have a living being here with you and showing you affection and all of that, like every aspect of your environment really shapes all of it. And yeah, I guess to like really wrap up the answer to the question, it would probably be that you just need to educate yourself on yourself the best to your ability and seek out coaches, mentors, um, teachers, doctors, therapists in any way that you need it. If you need a 
professional clinical psychologist reach that person, reach out to that person. Um, if you feel you need someone who knows your situation, find a mentor or a coach to help you with that. It, every avenue is different, but you need to research and figure it out. You know, take yourself seriously because then other people will take you seriously as well. Wow, that is powerful. How the man or woman who has the, the audacity to explore their own knowledge and expand and gain awareness that is the recipe to consciously living your life and if you are not aware if you are not consciously moving mindfully through your day what are you allowing that doesn't make you feel good what are you allowing that isn't allowing you to live what are you allowing to basically put you through the ringer you're allowing it you're choosing it you're not not choosing it so you're choosing it and how could you begin to be mindful and to choose so that you can create the life that brings your grief and your sorrow and your overwhelming human experience and make it love and normal and peaceful and that's not to say that this is going to be a cakewalk just like you said like this is the farthest from a cakewalk and I love that you have been able to dive into astrology I mean that of course was a big changer in my life and because I needed to know why is my mind so critical why are my emotions so strange how is my like feminine and masculine relationship within myself? Mm-hmm. And I love that you have come to find that your Aries moon is really just sensitivity. It's this longing to be physically seen and held with love, but it's, it can be so, so hard because the Aries energy is so in your face. I want to push through. I want to lead. I want to be strong. It's that warrior. That is the straight warrior archetype. Yeah. And ugh, congratulations for surrendering and seeing that the warrior can also be the one that stands tall with love and allows the heart to be placed or the hand to be placed on the heart yeah. and seen and heard and like, hey, you don't have to be alone. Because that's exactly what that Aries emotional world wants. It wants to do it by itself. It can be very, uh, don't talk to me. I already know what's best for me. So back off. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) But wow. I love, I love everything that this conversation is bringing us because the true awareness of Gosh, even the enamogram, like an, an eight, like I'm a, I'm a two, so I'm the caregiver. But mm-hmm. when you know these little parts about yourself, you go, okay, this is, these things were created for a reason. These metaphysical ways of understanding us, they're not just mm-hmm. foo-foo and they're not just taboo. They're coming to surface more and more because they make a freaking difference in your life. And it will just keep you aware. It will, mm-hmm. it'll call you out. And if you're not ready to be called out, it can be hard to step up. And it's not like you're being called out in this aggressive, negative way, but you're being asked to step up with that integrity. 
to is it your time are you ready to let go of those old stories are you ready to let go of that creation of hell that you have made that you you own up to so that everyone else can know so that you can keep talking about it time after time after time so that you can keep reliving it time after time after time to to wallow in it verse bringing it up to live out of it to show the example of it to show the higher state of what it could look like when we evolve and we allow it to invoke growth which is that discomfort and being okay with every day not looking the same every day being something new and welcoming it regardless welcoming it with the love with the acceptance moments like these I just have to sit and breathe and I'm like wow what a beautiful life we live in and these interconnections we have amen Mm -hmm. (laughs) for real oh my gosh it's so it's so beautiful like there is there was a point in 2019 like before I started taking action where I just remember I became like so obsessed with the idea of things I was obsessed with the idea of love with the idea of like just connection and uh, you know this idea of like my podcast everything I want to do was really born inside of me and I had so much self-doubt I had so much like I no I can't do that and truthfully at the time I was not ready to be doing that um I was nowhere near on my journey and knowing myself enough in order to do it but you know for like using the Enneagram as an example I as an eight, my intrinsic fear is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, taking that in and understanding that that's where like my podcast was born out of is, okay, it's a challenge. Okay. You're an eight. You like challenges. Let's use that to our advantage. Okay. This is a challenge. Let's look at it that way. And let's just start doing it. And I started doing it, not knowing what the heck I was doing. And that's what healing feels like. You're going to start doing it when you have no idea like what the next step is or what's go- what's going to be happening tomorrow, but you, ha- you learn to l- release that control mm-hmm. and to surrender to just life and like the way that the world works and, you know, you can't control everything. You can only like control your reactions to things. And I think that like going into it and using my fear, using my understanding, my knowledge that I learned and pulling it out and forcing me to do it. I've helped so many people, which is incredible, but those people have also helped me. And I really like manifested that. And to look back and see that I manifested that when I had no idea that's what I was doing, it's a beautiful for, full circle moment and a lesson of just start. You have some you have some sort of like intrinsic desire, just start and see where it goes. Don't fight it. Don't, you know, try to make up excuses or listen to anything that's in your mind. Um, the biggest one that I use all the time at work with like my clients is if your body's telling you to move, move. 
Like we, we can move in whatever way you want. You want to have a dance party? Let's have a dance party. Like you want to go outside and run? Let's go run. Like what, what, if your body's telling you to move, you need to listen to it. Let's, let's go do that. And even though sometimes they don't want to, or their, their mind is disconnected from their body. I'm like, nope, we're going to connect those right now. Like, let's do that. And I started doing that with myself and to see all of it unfold and to also know that it's just the beginning. And that's something that's really cool. Like if you're, if you're listening to this and like hearing that, like clearly us two are, are into our journey, a solid ways. Um, but if you like, haven't even started it or you don't know where to start, like reach out to us, talk to us. Like we would love to help you. And um, we, we want to see that in you. Like that's at least like how I am. Like, I just want to watch people blossom and like, see what happened to me happen to them and have them literally manifest like what their life is supposed to be and what they want out of it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing when you, you can dive into it and use the things that are seen as, as fears or as, you know, the the bad things of you and make it such beautiful art, truthfully. Next question. Those bad things are oftentimes our best tools. Those are the tools that are going to launch that that potential into reality. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, we are coming from real full hearts over here and we want nothing more than to we only do this. I mean, I think I can speak for both of us here like we do this because we We were once those people who were so hurt and lost and confused and looking for mentors, looking for coaches, looking for friendship, looking for a tribe. And that's in our human nature. That's an innate, distinctive behavior we all crave. No matter if you say that you're introverted and you only want to be in your house, well, guess what? A house, like typically involves a family and we all are all a tribal species and so even if it's just your dog and your cat or your honey or your parent or like a grandparent whoever it is it's at least someone else and so even if it's one person you need to connect with or if you thrive in a community of 200 plus that is what the purpose of podcast of diving into the knowing of yourself is all about about reading these health self-help books, about going to therapy, like you said, whether it's with a clinical professional or someone who has the same awareness, the same trainings, the same kind of knowledge, but on a more realistic level that is available to you. Because maybe you don't have the funds. Maybe it's just not somewhere you're comfortable with saying like, oh, I need to go to this professional. So it's it's not to undermine any this or that, but it's to rise above and to see that whatever's comfortable with you, that's where you start. And it's always going to get uncomfortable. Like if it's not uncomfortable, you're doing it wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> I, like, I like to have the example when I'm teaching uh, skiing. When anyone first learns how to ski, they think that they're just going to pop the skis on and go down the hill. And I kind of laugh. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, think about it. These are going on your feet. If you try to learn with just your feet, 
would it be as easy if you tried to reach out to use your hands and played with the skis like a toy first? And then once you played with it like a toy, like something you, you use your hands for everything versus your feet, we walk, we run, you know, it gets us places, but we don't just touch everything. We don't cook food. We don't love on each other. We don't read books with our feet. So when you can do it with another part of you, that's a little bit more aware and conscious of the outer world, the external, then you can feel more in control. And so you just experimented with a new part with trying something different. So that gave you more awareness and more control. And now you can put on your feet and skate around. And now we go to the top of the hill. Well, you're not going to go just straight down because innately, we were not meant to go on flat sticks straight down a hill <laughs> at the speed of light. And so we're going to get scared. We're going to fall over. We're going to tumble and we're going to be fearful. We're not going to want to do it at all because we don't know the control of the outcome. We don't know how to control mm -hmm. ourselves. So why even bother in the first place? Well, you don't just go on a road trip in a car just to get there. I mean, sure, maybe like you get there and then you enjoy it, but like you don't just get there to leave. You get there so that you can have the journey so that you can enjoy it. And uh, yeah, whenever like in the ski world, it's like it's all about learning how to turn and learning how to enjoy your view to the left and to the right and getting a good perspective that's open to any and all so that you can come home with the things that you agree with, with what feels good to you, with how you want to further move your life. And I think this is just a really powerful conversation to emphasize that you take your grief and you turn it into your guidance and you find the courage to allow, accept, surrender so that you can act. Because if we're so caught up in the circumstances we're in, if we're so held back by not knowing the outcome, how are you ever going to get anywhere? Like uncertainty, we were born to live in uncertainty and to live with a mind that's, that, that welcomes risk like to an extent. Like we need that risk to push us. That's so true. I've... I have never once put skis on my feet ever, <laughs> not a single time. I grew up in upper Michigan, not, not once. And I think that's probably because like skiing season up in Michigan is basketball season. So no, not doing it. But um, no, I remember I went to, I went to Colorado and I, uh, in 20, when was that? 2019. And we spent like, it was me and my, my ex-boyfriend, we went there and we spent some time in Denver and then we went out to Breckenridge mm -hmm. and I don't, I, he, he wasn't going to do anything that I didn't say like, oh, we should go do this. And I was terrified. Like I looked at those mountains for the first time and I was like, I'm going to admire the view. And that's, that's what it's going to be right now. I'm sure I'm obsessed with mountains, like have them tattooed on me. So at some point in my time, I will do it. But at that point in 2019, like I was not ready to like get on that mountain. I was not ready to be putting some random thing on my feet and be sliding down this hill, probably because emotionally I already felt like I was going down a hill full speed. And I did not want to feel that physically. 
because it was already too much emotionally and it's just such a like good way of explaining it that you know the you when you go down a hill whether it's on skis or a snowboard or you're just literally free falling Mm -hmm. um the view is great if you just look for it whether you're going down into a valley or you're going up towards that mountain like peak the view is gorgeous everywhere you are there's never not a time that there isn't beauty in it and I just think that that's like so cool because like that totally resonated with me even like thinking I remember we were walking down like downtown Breckenridge because it's so cute Mm -hmm. and I'm just like looking at these mountains I was like scared I was having this like emotional thing in me and my boyfriend, I remember, was like, you're not going on the mountain. And I'm like, well, I don't I feel like I'm on one right now. So let me just take this. And it was like this fear where now I like that's like all I want to do because I'm such a like like physical being. And like I love like adrenaline and stuff like that, where now I feel like I'm in such a better place emotionally that I can connect with my body. And I want to physically experience these things that I am experiencing emotionally I mean you can be going like up and down this mountain sitting in your bedroom meditating with yourself but there's a whole nother aspect to it when you're physically able to take action in doing so and I think it's just awesome that you like you can like teach that to other people that's just that's so, so, so cool. Cause I definitely look at it very similarly when I, um, coach basketball of like, sure. Basketball's a game. You want to win it, da, 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 whatever. But I think that was my downfall in my like co- coaching career in basketball is that I really didn't care about the outcome of the game. And, you know, as a coach, you probably want to win. So I'm just over here, like philosophically teaching these like middle school girls, like, but here's an analogy that you're going to want to know maybe in like your 20s. So let me tell you what this actually means. And I'm such a like nerd for analogies and everything because it just makes, it puts life in simpler terms. It allows for everyone to understand a concept. And it just, it gets me so excited to think that, you know, we're all like, our life is just a mountain range. And that's like the journey that we're all on. It's going to, you know, look different for everybody, but no matter where you are in it, like someone's above, like in front of you and someone's behind you Mm -hmm. and the view for everybody's great. It's just about being present, being present in that moment. You can't only think about the destination. You can't only think about getting to the bottom or getting to the top or whatever. Like you have to literally force yourself because in the hustle culture that we live in it's so hard to be present it's so difficult and that that was like my vessel of running away from myself when I was in such a valley is I was just working I worked four jobs I was up to like almost 80 hours a week I'm like let me just work so my mind doesn't have to think about the things that my heart feels and when I learned to actually be present in the moment, I realized that no matter where I am on that range, it's so beautiful. And it's so, it's exactly where I need to be. And the people who are around me are exactly who needs to be around me, whether it's a positive source or a negative source. And you get to actually make those tough decisions, whether it's like leaving a significant other or, you know, I, 
loved how in the beginning you you speak so highly of your um last partner and I do as well and it's it's this beautiful thing of like of course there's a lot of heartbreak in it and you realize the mistakes that you've made in a relationship because we all make those um and you realize the mistakes maybe they made and it's just hard any way you look at it there's no perspective that it's going to be nice but when you can like look back at a relationship and really see the beauty of that person the beauty that they brought to your life in that season and just to the core of you wish the absolute best for their future and know that like they're going to find who needs to be next to them on like their journey through the range like it's it's a peace it's literally inner peace that you feel and I think like social media kind of a little bit shifting here like social media gives us a very false source of expectation when it comes to your exes and how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to talk about them or you know past friends or anybody that's close to you family members who have wronged wronged you in some way and there's just a lot of animosity and a lot of like well that's weird that you're still friends with them or that you're acquaintances or whatever the case is and just a lot of judgment and I've, I've had people come to me asking me like well what do I do and like they never like my answer but I'm like you literally like unfollow them it's the beauty of the internet is you can just press a button and all of that negative talk that's getting put in your head goes away I mean I used to blame social media and I used to be like well that's why I think the way that I think it's like "Mm, no Lex like is that really it no because you can create your own environment so maybe let's unfollow these people or these accounts that put out whatever and let's start following people who are filling you up and creating the person that you want to be um and that's when I really started having that shift of you know what this is all very beautiful and it's it's all really really nice because now when I open up my phone I'm very present and everything that that I'm that I'm doing and connecting through social media and everything that I'm sharing or whatever the case is just bringing into my brain is all very helpful and very kind to me and I don't feel bad for being on my phone because it's like wow I I learned a lot today for from being on it or like opening up a book and you can really see you can fix the past in a little bit you can at least fix your perspective on it of that you know my brother dying isn't like the worst possible circumstances that I could ever be in it's why I'm where I am today or whatever the case is and I I think that a lot of that has to do with stepping stepping out of your comfort zone you said it's not gonna if it's comfortable it's wrong you're just you're not doing it right you gotta switch it around so yeah there's so many things that you can do trying to like wrap my brain around oh yeah the other thing that you said was um about like if you need to go to like a clinical therapist or um you know seek out like a coach or a mentor i work with licensed clinical therapists and um 
a psychologist and like a professor, like I work with people who are so beyond qualified for the positions that they're in and they're incredible. They are so good at what they do. And I'm so lucky to have them as mentors in my life because I have the job that I have, but I've also noticed and realized that we all work with the same people and each one of us brings a different aspect to that person. You know, you, you build a team. And for me specifically in my journey, I've never actually like gone into a therapist's office personally, like on my personal, I work with a lot of therapists, but I've never gone in and been like, here's what I, here's what I have. And I try to tell people that as much as possible, because there are some people that need a therapeutic environment, but because I work in a therapeutic environment, I felt as though it wasn't the best space for me. I think that I like know too much about clinical therapy that I would be in my head too much. And that's exactly what it was. So I sought out a coach and a mentor and um, a support group and these different alternate vices that got me ultimately to a very similar end product. You know, I mean, I guess there really isn't an end to this, but to a better place (laughs) and I think that's so important because there's a lot of um, talk about that in the space of, well, do you need to, you know, spend money on like a coach when you could have someone who like has a degree or, you know, does this or that. And I think we're moving into a space where experience is everything. Mm -hmm. Like your life experience truly is everything. And the relatability factor is, is huge. It's so, it's so big. And I think that that's what it was for me personally, is that I believe that I can do this and I can do this successfully and I can change lives because of the experience that I have. And I would be the first one to tell anybody like, hey, you should probably add to your team, somebody who's like clinically trained because I see this, this, and this in you or whatever the case is. Um, There's a really big difference between having a business to make money and having a business to change lives. And it's all in what you truly believe in and what your purpose is in this life. And I would say any sort of advice that I have is make sure anybody that you surround you in your environment, whether it be a friend, a mentor, a therapist, a doctor, make sure that they are contributing and not contaminating to your environment. It does not matter what documentation anybody has because anybody can contaminate so it's all about the one-on-one level conversation you have with somebody and like that's really cool because we have really great one-on-one conversations together so (laughs) I'm glad that you contribute to my environment I've learned so much from you in this call it's great (laughs) (laughs) wow all of that wow first of all the first note like you crazy Aries moon 80 hour work weeks that <laughs> yeah. says so much to how we can get lost in wanting to stay busy to not acknowledge the fields yeah and then how the people around us create our freaking environment and social media being a tool if you yeah. are in a spot so I know I've undergone this where I've, I've been in the space where I've seen social media as manipulative and not helpful and very Mm -hmm. toxic for my brain and it was stressing me out well that is sort of an addiction to Mm -hmm. 
not properly using it and not seeing the other perspective. And so now I can see it as this tool. And if you're using it as a tool or you're giving out content that's helpful, serving other people, you're using it to empower, to, to bring a message, to use your voice, to use whatever tools you have, then that is a positive way to use social media in my perspective. And it allows you to make those connections that are deeper, that are like-minded versus just very asleep in the sense of scroll, 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 like, 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 when you're, are you agreeing? Do you actually like that? Do you actually resonate with what's happening? (laughs) Are you just, is that just your automatic system? Like that should not Mm -hmm. be what your time on social media is. So when we can take our power back, when we can look at the views around us, be aware of who's around us, what we're feeding our minds, what we're feeding the mind of others, and understanding that we are headed to that futuristic way of, you don't necessarily need a degree. So the, the old structure of our learning path was go to college, you're going to get a degree and you're going to get a job and you're going to live your life until you're 60 and then go have fun. My whole life, I said that was shit. And from the get-go, like I, I tried to go to college. I, I went to Bay, which was in our hometown for a semester. My dad agreed to pay for it with my scholarships and stuff. And I went, fine, I'll try it. But I'm still moving to Colorado because I was going to take a gap year to get residency, to go to college at um, this school in Grand Junction, Colorado, and try to play soccer or something. And what you know, the mountain called and I went and I loved it so much that instead of going to school, I said, all right, well, I can try out for ski patrol. And then if that doesn't work out, I can try to go to school again. And so I applied for school and I was accepted again, but then I applied for ski patrol and I waited all summer to hear back. And then I made it, but other things happened and some other plans took charge and Instead of going to school, I was on this path to be a ski patroller, ended up not actually achieving my EMT certification, had my first huge hit to the ego, to the spiritual wound that I had to collect myself. That was the first time that I really was hurt, not just from a lover, but in a more ego sense of self and um, collecting yourself from that kind of deal puts you in a different spot of, okay, this isn't the way, like I'm not in a typical life path. And so what is my future gonna look like? Well, it's super uncertain, but this is what I can do to implement some kind of training. So that can look like anything these days from whether, yeah, you work in a clinic and you're around those people and you witness what's happening, having the knowledge and the like the authority in yourself to go, that kind of mentorship isn't going to help me because I'm so up in my head about it. Like you're so Mm -hmm. already far past the no and awareness of it, that it, it kind of psychologically messes you up. So you're already overthinking that whole process, which it shouldn't be when you're seeking out the guidance, someone to connect with, you should make sure that you guys align with like-mindedness and you should definitely hold the same values or you want the same outcome you want Mm -hmm. someone who is for you know the same ideas as you and if you're not 
you know, gaining the guidance or the help that you want. Maybe drop an expectation and see if something changes, but you will know if it's not right or not. You will know if it's a good match or if it's like getting in a relationship and then three months down the road, you're like, this actually wasn't what I expected or thought it would be. So I'm just going to yeah. take the exit here. And having the the power in your own truth to determine that is huge because as we do move through this futuristic way of college not being the only option, that we have certifications and these online courses and these master classes. And I mean, hell, most of colleges are going online and I assume that they're going to stay online. All mm-hmm. the work that they've done to create this because of COVID and whatnot, well, it's going to stay. They're not just going to dump it. They're only going to make it better and more achievable, more accessible. But that means that and unless you're going for a doctor or like you need it to be an engineer or it's something extremely crucial, and of course, you're going to know if someone's faking it or if someone actually knows their stuff. Yeah. It's going to tell by their experience and what you get from them. If you don't feel like your value's there, then that's a good indication that they're not quite the level you need. But it's all about trusting your instincts. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing that is also growing is trusting those instincts so that when you're on your journey, you can see it from your perspective, not the perspective of your partner, not the perspective of the person in front or behind you and not doubting yourself. And that's the huge, huge move and kicker of the basis behind this whole conversation is believing in yourself to validate yourself, to love yourself enough to accept, surrender, move forward, be your warrior, act with integrity, create the life you want, create the environment you want, create the outcomes you want, create, 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 not react, not resolve, but create. And so I have to say thank you so much for stepping into your power, for understanding where you wanted to go with life, like seeing where you were, knowing that there was something there that needed, it needed some kind of help or community or just no fix, but you needed to move through it. And so you dove into yourself and for being human enough to admit like, Hey, it's not pretty, but this is me and this is who I am. And I love myself for that. And when I can admit that, like, that's what truly matters because when we can love ourselves enough to love every good and bad air quotations there, like we evolve and we can only bring people with us. So Thank you for all of the work that you do and that you have stood up and stepped up into because, man, if I could tell little Isabel and Alexis when they're like in elementary school, learning how to soldier boy dance in your basement, like (laughs) doing all the fun parties, if I knew where we would be today after all the crazy stuff life has thrown at us, I would just say, y'all got it covered. Like keep being yourselves, (laughs) keep having fun and dancing and crying and learning and questioning and searching and never stop searching, Mm -hmm. never stop ever wanting more from life because you will get it if you ask for it, if you strive for it, if you thrive where you are. So just thank you from my heart for not leaving your path and for being 
on the path you're on. It's so awesome to see. It is truly humbling and life-changing and it motivates me every day that I get to see you put your own work to action. So thank you. Yes. And honestly, like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, like I said, like words, like move people, especially in like the space that we're in. There's so much, like, it's so easy to doubt at certain times of like, Oh, let me, let me reflect. Let me make sure this is what I need to be doing. And like, when you have people who validate you and the things that you already know you're like okay all right that's good it's like a nice little buffer and it's something that can be like so changing so thank you for using your words and like saying that to me that's amazing and thank you for like having me on here I've truthfully like I've had my own podcast for over a year now and I've never been on somebody else's podcast so this is my first like introduction which I'm so happy that it's yours and I like Oh my gosh. I just love that you're so right. Like if I could go back to those like Sue Hill days and the, all the little parties, little middle school parties that my parents for some reason let me throw in my basement. Like we were just unapologetically ourselves and I can look back and reflect on it and be like, you know what? It makes sense now that I look at it that like we would both be on like very similar paths we were both just very like different different people mm-hmm. and and at the time like we may have felt like insecure about it or you know unsure but it just goes to show that if you really just stay resilient and figure out who you are that so much greatness can come from it so thank you so much for like having me on and just talking to me like even completely outside of this like we just have so many great conversations that like makes me happy and every time that I see your face on my feet I'm like I need to move to Alaska I just need to like (laughs) uproot my life and move to Alaska and then I like slow down and I'm like no no no. remember you're supposed to be in the city right now we're learning things it'll come (laughs) but yeah thank you so much for having me on and just like letting me talk to your people and your little community because I'm a part of your community and I love it so yeah thanks Isabel (sighs) No problem. I'm like, no one can see this besides Alexis, but I'm just straight cheesing over here. I like to <laughs> not wipe this off my face, happy dancing. And that's what happens when you are on your path, you guys, when you are in alignment, when your mind, your body, your soul is all in alignment, you will witness this greatness that just it is born out of you doing your passion and living the life that you feel good off of living. Oh, and gosh, just listen to this episode again and again. Check out Lex's podcast, Vulnerable with Lex. She's got a new season, I believe, coming up or it's going yes. right now. Yeah. And I want you to take this moment to share everything and anything you are doing, providing and moving forward with so that our listeners can be immersed in your world too, because exactly what you said, like, you're a part of my community. I'm a part of your community. And that is how this works and flows so well. For sure. Yes. So like Isol said, I have a podcast, Vulnerable with Lex, that I touched on many bases in this conversation um, because it truly is that. It's the vulnerable pieces of me. And it's you're literally on an inside to my life and my journey, which is really cool that you can see like the good, the bad, the ugly throughout all of it. I do have a new season starting. 
Um, I have actually this weekend, I'm, I have four podcast guests that I'm recording in four days. So, um, I pray for my well-being in editing all of that. It's going to be a lot, but it's going to be so much like positivity and motivation. Like I know I'm going to go into next week just with just like high on all this energy. It's amazing. So I have so many guests coming on from different backgrounds, sharing their stories about the lessons that they have learned throughout the most vulnerable points of their life. Um, And it's really just pushing people outside of their comfort zones. So everyone can relate to it. I also just opened up my um, mentorship program, vulnerable um, program that I have an Instagram for. It's just vulnerable.withlex. And I am opening up, I have one-on-one calls available for you to come in and talk to me, get vulnerable with me so we can figure out how you can start your own healing journey in your grief and start thriving instead of just surviving dang dog. It's to start thriving instead of just surviving um, in your everyday life. So you get to connect with me, you get to connect with my people and my community. It's like, we're all just one big like family helping one another out. So all, everything is just on my Instagram, vulnerable.withlex. My personal Instagram is lex.saintseer. So yeah, that's like all the things that I have going on and it's all just so exciting. Yay, I love it. Thank you so much. (laughs) And I will put her Instagrams in the show notes so that y'all can see them. And you guys, please let us just remember to move through our days with love of ourselves, with love of this life, with love, love, love. If you are confused, love if you're stuck love if you're feeling hurt ask why you're hurt because you're probably looking for love (laughs) yes gosh and thank you so much for listening this was one of my longer podcasts and one of just uh, my heart has just been growing with each word said on this podcast so as we finish up this season two for incredible conversations i will be continuing my podcast with kind of real random inputs of my own talks and just a lot more interviews with people of like-mindedness of connection of getting into the nitty-gritty philosophies of life the analogies the outdoor enthusiasm the positivity and the health awareness because more important than ever right now we just need to be aware of our own mental emotional physical health and how and to avoid any kind of misleading or automatic reactions and how to, you know, move our lives in a conscious manner. So thank you guys so much for listening in today. Thank you, Alexis, so much for being here today. I am so excited to see what happens for both of us in our futures. And I'm sure that this will not be our last podcast. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) I'm excited for us to connect again. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the show today. My heart is so full each and every time I get to come on here, speak some wisdom with someone of like-mindedness, and simply share. Share our human experience. Share 
our grief, share our loss, share our victories. We all live this life with the intention of achieving. And if we think that the only way to achieve is by pushing others down below us so that we can be on top, then that's not the right message. So I'm here to help reconstruct and rewrite the message that we all need to grab hands and walk together. When we can walk with another, hand in hand, we get to come home to our highest, most loved self. Because that's all we want. We just want to be loved. So show some love today by supporting the show. Whether you share it on social media, word of mouth, you post about it someplace, or you give us a review. Any little bit helps. And if you want to hear about a certain subject, please reach out to me. Go over to IncredibleConversations.com and shoot me an email. If you're interested in astrology or grief coaching or one-on-one training or my new six-week realignment program, reach out to me. Reach out to Lex. We're here to serve because we know how hard it is to go through these human moments. Thank you guys, and I cannot wait to see you back here next time.